In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Two women without importance in the eyes of the world, Mary and Elizabeth, stand at the beginning as Luke tells the good news of Jesus Christ. In a particular time in history, when life was very difficult for a young unmarried girl who had found herself pregnant, in that part of the world and at that particular time in history, when the power and the resources available were minuscule. They stand at the climax of God's redemptive work in Israel and point to the fulfillment of God's hope in Jesus. So our gospel today opens with Mary having reached out to her relative Elizabeth she would have had to walk from Nazareth west of the Sea of Galilee to the hill country of Judea, west of the Dead Sea, between the cities of Jerusalem and Hebron, somewhere between 80 and 100 miles. Now Luke doesn't tell us whether Mary made any preparations for the trip or how she traveled. She may have gone on foot or as part of a caravan. To the writer of the gospel, those details did not matter. What mattered was that Mary demonstrated her courage as she sought what was important, the support from her relative. For such a journey would have been dangerous, especially for a young girl alone. The two women would have been aware of the hard months of uncertainty and anxiety about what would have come of their children, what would have come of themselves, yet they were filled with awe and with wonder. It is the powerlessness and the vulnerability of a young woman and a very old one the very lowest on the scale in their day that Luke is trying to convey to us. As he tells the story, when they met, Elizabeth recognized in Mary something beyond the ordinary, something revealed to her through the Holy Spirit, and she called out to Mary, the mother of my Lord, blessing Mary for believing in God's promises neither Mary nor Elizabeth could have known that they would become unforgettable icons for millions of people. Not for a moment do I believe that Mary or Elizabeth understood or could foresee the pain and the anguish that they and their children would face. But in spite of the unknown, and the obvious risks, in spite of the fear, in spite of the loneliness, each was willing to take the risk. In her hymn of praise to God, Mary sang about what mattered to her, a poor young woman who was obedient to God. 
At the beginning of the beautiful canticle, the Magnificat, Mary confirms the Mercaria, the blessed are you, pronounced on her by her cousin Elizabeth. When she rejoiced that all generations will call me blessed. Elizabeth's theme of praising God continued by Mary as she thanked God who had glorified her through God's divine act. The unmerited nature of this blessing, the divine favor, is a refrain that echoes the angel's words for Mary. It is in the second half of the Magnificat that Mary shifts, shifts her focus from herself to her people. The military image of Yahweh as ruler and protector of Israel is indicated by Mary's reference to God as the Mighty One. God's strength, God's mercy, God's power are all made evident, an awesome image that makes the face of God taking shape in this tiny unborn child all the more startling in contrast. Underlying the personal joy Mary experienced at being chosen to be the mother of the Messiah is the jubilation of a national prayer answered. According to the promises made to our ancestors, to Abraham, and his descendants forever. God is now moved once again to fulfill the long emptied throne of David. And Mary's encounter with Elizabeth moved and motivated her to articulate the transformation which both she and her people could now expect. So Mary in, in emerged from the end of her three-month stay, having passed, through the, having passed safely through the first trimester of her pregnancy. The two women reflect Luke's profound belief in God's gracious outreach and the wide embrace and Luke's belief that the work of Jesus is the work of breaking through the despair that holds people in darkness that holds people in fear, that holds people in hatred, and even in death. Mary was blessed by God's incredible love for the world. Mary's song introduces the theme that runs through the teachings of Jesus and his encounters with the poor and with the outcast, as well as those in power. From beginning to end, God's redemption brings reversal of fortune to the ones who are on the fringes of society and the ones who are on the fringes of religious respectability. Those who are satisfied where they are are not the ones who are open to God's radical message of compassion and grace. And so they remain closed to the opportunities and challenges that Christ brings. It is in the midst of fear, difficulty, and even the joy of these two pregnant women's encounter that we hear a summary of the whole ministry of Jesus and are invited to look at his birth and the light of his life and teaching, his death and his resurrection. 
As I listened this year to the words of the Magnificat, I am struck with the willingness of Mary to reveal God's extraordinary love. It is an invitation to go into the dark places in our own lives and see the new life, the new beginnings born there, and the invitation to be Christ-bearers in the midst of the realities of the world in which we live. The wonder of God's love is not a promise that life will be easy or without challenges and trials, but the wonder of God's love is God's promise to be present in the midst of whatever happens, to weep with us in the midst of tragedy, to welcome us when all the doors seem closed, to repair what is damaged, to build up what is torn down, and to bring life even after out of death. The writer of the Gospel brings before us a cherished story of the early Christian community that remembered two remarkable women. Women who knew the strength and mercy and passion for the poor and outcast sprang from God, our Creator. From a young, pregnant girl, from a family with a sometimes embarrassing genealogy, comes the Prince of Peace, who enables us to imagine a new way of living, God's way, God's answer to our despair. Our lives, like Mary's, are ones of decision and journey, of moving into the unknown, of taking risks, of living expectantly, expecting to meet Christ where we live and move and have our being. I do not know, I suspect you do not know, what the year to come will bring. But trust the blessing, trust the warmth, trust the grace of God's Holy Spirit to guide us in the footsteps we are to walk in. Pray that we will always be aware of God's mercy as we continue on our journey. And may our hearts, like Mary's, burst with joy. Amen.